I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSEN, the sports betting network. and running on a Tuesday night from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. That gentleman right there is Sean King. I am Tim Murray, and we are getting a little bit closer. Just every day feels a little, little more, a little more juice, a little more hitching your giddy up there, Sean. Yeah, I was excited. I thought when I got to work today that I'd have a nice new copy of uh, Field Stills. Uh, College Magazine and my esteemed co-host, Tim Murray, had promised to get me last night. I was going to begin my deep dive into our college football season that's upcoming, but he forgot. Do you have a means for transportation? I don't. You are the biggest liar on the face of the earth. No, the are, co- you, are we really starting the show like this? No, I just... Are you I, really going to do this? You live four miles away from the grocery store that I purchased the magazine at. All I know what, is what because is when you we played left, in the NFL. When we left, I had things to when do we today. left yesterday, you said I'm going to go get one. I said, "Well, why don't you just give me yours?" Because I knew that would motivate you more to go and pick it up. I didn't get a text today. I can't make it. If you want it, go yeah, grab what, one. What am I? Your your servant? No, this is ridiculous. You're You're, my, are you really starting the show today? We're teammates. Where's your computer? We're teammates. Where's your computer? I'm 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 on protest. We're teammates. Sometimes you got to sacrifice so the offense can get the first down. Don't be Antonio Brown. Don't be all selfish. You know, pull all your shoulder pads off and throw your helmet and walk off the field. <laughs> I what, know, did, I, what did you do all day? Did you sleep till eleven thirty? No, no. I was. I I finally had to succumb to car registration. I went to the. I was at the DMV yeah. myself so today. So that that took up the, the majority had, of my day. I had things to do. Ultimately, I was on, or we ended up on the one on Sahara. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad for you. Thank you. And I'm sure there. I were, officially. I'm sure there were places around Nevada license plates. You've lived here for a year. Congratulations. You're a real go getter. I like my Florida license plates because I can get in the HOV lane, and then if I ever get pulled over, just say I didn't know what this was. We don't have it in Florida. So now I got to drive accordingly. I can't believe you. That's why I was looking. I can't believe you just wasted. I, I, I showed you up. Wasted the start to of the show. Circa. I know. With the anticipation. See, anticipation. This is what happens when Sean shows up with no computer. He just wants to pick fights. I'm on protest. That's right. 
So you get three hours of petty me. That is the most ridiculous way to start this show of all time. Just I thought it was great. Because because people you, tune because in because you, like we give them our real lives. Because you played in the NFL and had everything handed to you, you know, you know, private flights and all this, you know, all throughout the professional ranks, you just assume that I will go to a grocery store. Which I told you where it was. Well, and, and, and it's it's literally five minutes from your house. In most relation, in, in most relationships, so people, I had to go out of people my people don't want to take a step back. I had to go out of my. I, so I was supposed to go out of my way today. I didn't know if it was out of your way. You said when I asked you where the Albertsons was, it's in my community. Yeah. So I thought, okay, boom, he got to drive right past it to get home, or when he leaves, no, he got to drive that's past an it. Assumption. Well, I didn't. You I said also, my community. So. I also assumed that you know when you went to Tulane and had this. You know, oh, I definitely old, had everything handed big to me. Big old too late. tour. Yeah. Uh, you know, you would maybe bring something back. Because remember how long you milked that ridiculous notion of so you I should have got I have, a, I have a shirt for you. No, you I just don't. want one that fits. I want you I want you to have one that fits. Well, I'm on protest now too. So you know what? Now I'm not gonna go see I was gonna go do it because I had a lot of things to do today. But I was gonna go do it, but now I'm not. And I'm just going to send you pictures now of me sitting down, reading all the different preview magazines that I have, getting inside information. So. By the way, our boy Dylan Cease finally didn't really have a rough outing. But the f- first five total was under three and a half in the uh, White Sox-Astros games. It was Dylan Cease versus Verlander. And it went over. First time Dylan Cease has let me down in a long time. Yeah, the, the White Sox tonight? No, I took the first five under. Mm. I mean, Verlander was on was the opposing pitcher, so yeah. Aaron apparently was on the uh, no run first inning uh, play there. Uh, Dylan Cease only five innings Is that tonight. A, do, do real betters even like play? Our guy Jared Smith like l- abides by the nerfy. He loves it. <laughs> so he it's what he breaks down every day on his show. It's the first inning. He's all about the score He's all not. about the the yerfy or the nerfy. That's uh, that's the way to go apparently. Uh, but yes, uh, quite the pitching matchup in uh, in Chicago tonight. I think our guy Cody uh, Decker is at this game. Oh, I can't uh, wait to text him during the first break. <laughs> what did he do? Nothing. Wait, what are you? What is this? Like I I am angry at the world, Sean. Do is that I why look you're angry? Do I sound angry? Well, you started the show by, by saying by I was disappointed. Me. Disappointed I said for I was what? Disappointed. Do you, I need to look up? It's not you, it's me. I just can't with you. Like, I, I there was an anticipation and excitement and energy when I walked in the, into Circle. I was like, yes. My this teammate, is, my is, friend, my compadre, my co-host, my everything. I know that he made a point, a priority, to show up with a magazine for me. You went to Tulane. And you did it. You went to Tulane. First off... I still love you. It's not as much. Stop. I I still love you. It's not as much. I put together this whole elaborate thing. I reached out to your former coach. He came on the air. We surprised you about your induction into the Greater New Orleans Hall of Fame. Rightfully so. Well overdue. Was so happy to be a part of that. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? We're talking about a Phil Steele magazine in the middle of August. And then you go to New Orleans. Willie Fritz welcomes you and your family to Tulane, the place that you led a team to an undefeated season. You finished top 10 in the Heisman. 
Didn't win Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year, but you had a pretty darn good year. I'm sure you were just handed gobs of free two-lane merchandise. I didn't want to get and you an $80 all, T-shirt. All, all I would want was just a, a T-shirt I that I could, I, I could support. I did not want to get you an $80 T-shirt. Of fa- for free? No. All of my luggage was right at the limit. I actually had uh-huh. to... At the check-in, I had to open my you bags such and liar. move things around because they were like, it's, it's 80 bucks. You just bucks. told the people that you were hesitant to switch your plates to Nevada, a state that you have now been a resident of for over a year because you wanted to cheat the HOV lane. Yeah, now I, I mean, got What, what I kind of person are you? I can't drive an HOV lane What kind of person anymore? are you? Oh, man, this is tragic. It's a kind tough of, day. Wow. So I needed a pick-me-up. Well, you know, I you, lost one thing, and I was like, okay, I'm going to gain another. So, boom. It works. Do you ever think about, I don't know, stopping in a store yourself? Well, I would have if I wasn't expecting you to get it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would have. Sure. No, you wouldn't have. Yes, I would have. Nope. That's okay, man. We just wasted eight minutes. To we didn't show. waste anything. There are people dying laughing right now driving. They hit me up in the DMs all the time. Well, you can't check your DMs because you don't have your computer today. I have my phone. Phone works just like a computer. This is what happens when Sean shows up to work without his bag. I know I need to, I should have prepared myself. For shenanigans. Yeah, you know me well. Can we talk sports? Are we hey, allowed to do that today? Maybe. We got three hours. Don't rush it. <laughs> what would you do without me? Your life was so be, boring be before so, I got I'd here. I'd be so happy. Oh, man. I'd be happy. Oh. You think you would. Got people out there. Said, oh, Tim, Tim said he'd pick you up. I was busy. I had things to do. Okay. I, I had things to do. You, I mean, we you, see where we're at on the party list now. You, it's you, all good. You could have possibly stopped by. See, my father used to always were say. Were you out and about today? Just were, keep, you, were you locked my, in your my house? My father used to always say, just uh-huh. keep living. Just keep living. Just keep living. Was it Matthew McConaughey? That was Sam Earl King Jr., brother. So just keep living. Well, I will keep living. And you know what? Now I'm protesting because I just wanted to, all I wanted was a piece of two lane gear. I have it. I could. I just don't prop, have your size. I could. Prop, what does that even mean? Then you didn't get something for me. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, exactly. See, the truth comes out when you get on the stand. Put your hand on the holy book, which is the Phil Steele guide over here. <laughs> that I don't have. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna stay up extra late tonight. I'm gonna read every. Inch of that thing. That's fine. And it's gonna. Oh. I've got some other material. Uh, this Thursday night, I have uh, my first Thursday night high school game of the week here in uh, Las Vegas on my LV TV. Shadow Ridge versus Durango. Sure. Fired up and excited about that. Sure, our listeners across this great country are, are fired up. I don't think you can. I don't think you can Durango bet on it. and Shadow Ridge. I don't think you can bet on it though. <laughs> I think they have lines for high school games. I'm pretty sure. Um. Well, we have a minute left in this segment, so we can uh, take a look at uh, the New York Mets getting smoked tonight, Sean. Bad time to be a baseball fan in the uh, state of New York. Yankees dropped another one tonight, 3-1 to the Rays. Rays beat them 3-1. Uh, yeah. So the Rays hanging right there in the wild card race. Braves seem to have the Mets number. Rays are your top wild card in the American League. Uh, Seattle uh, there, too, and then Toronto not far behind. The Orioles just a half game back. Those pesky Orioles of the Toronto Blue Jays. Are they Jays. winning? I know they were up 4-1, I thought, on the Blue Jays. 
I don't see that game directly in front of us. But uh, the Orioles won tonight. Oh, they 42 did. Ooh, over. that's two in a row, right? And yeah. that was against, uh, was it Gossman tonight or Manoa? Uh, Manoa. Wow. Yeah. They got uh, tagged him twice for two home runs. I think runs. your boy hit a home run. The catcher. Adley Rutschman. Yeah. He's batting 250 now. Uh-oh. Got a better fan. I saw this on uh, on the old Twitter sphere. His uh, fan graphs war is better than Julio Rodriguez. Got a better OPS. Come on, folks. AL Rookie of the Year. You know what to do. But, yes, a nice win for the Orioles. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. I'm just going to do a little light reading during the break here. <laughs> it's a nightcap here on VSIN. <laughs> Here are three reasons. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back in this segment of the Nightcap. It is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nicotine pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zen will be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It is the nightcap here on Vicent. Here you go, sir. My man, thank you. That, that is. I yeah. appreciate that. 
My man. You know, you're the best co-host a man could ever have. Enjoy my uh yeah. enjoy my two lane shirt in about three years. Well, I'll have it for you tomorrow. It's gonna be a big one, but I'll have it for you tomorrow. <laughs> All right, let's get into uh what has happened today in the NFL. And Sean, I give you a lot of crap sometimes because you do things like you just did in the first segment. <laughs> but you were absolutely right on this. Aaron Rodgers today did exactly what you predicted, calling out his young receivers. Today after practice, the uh, Packers and Saints are having joint practices right now up in Green Bay leading up to their uh, preseason tilt. And he said the young guys, especially young receivers, we've got to be way more consistent. A lot of drops, a lot of bad route decisions, running the wrong route. We've got to get better in that area. He did also add that he liked the energy from the young players, but there were a lot of mental mistakes. He also alluded to the fact that it sounds like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to get a whole lot of catches out of the backfield. He's going to be checked down king. Yeah, absolutely. But I knew this was coming. You definitely did. You, you, yeah. you, because you were high on Christian Watson pre-draft. Now he's been hurt, so it's, you know, it, it's been a tricky situation for him, but you did not like the fit for him going to Green Bay. Absolutely not. Because here's what happens with a guy like Big Ben Roethlisberger, and I got to see it when I uh, interned with the Steelers. I mean, here's what happens with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and I got to see it when I interned with the Steelers and Big Ben. Like, they know the system, but they're not even paying attention half the time because they're so advanced as far as knowing what the defense is actually trying to do. The majority of their work comes at the line of scrimmage. So even though a play call comes in, I guarantee you the top, <clears throat> let's say, 10% of quarterbacks in the NFL, I guarantee you that 50, less than 50% of the play calls actually get run during the course of a game. They live at the line of scrimmage. They're always looking for matchups. They're always looking for weaknesses. And that's how Aaron has made his, his hey. That's how him and Devontae Adams have operated. That's why he wanted Randall Cobb back, somebody that he trusts. That's why he's wanted these the familiarity that these guys bring now you have Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson. They're just trying to figure out where to line up. Like they came from a college where they might have had eight to ten formations to now they probably got 50 with all different nuances and they have all these new motions and, you know, sometimes they go all the way across the formation. Sometimes they go, they come back. They have all these different alignments where they're stacked on the inside, stacked on the outside, inside the hash, outside the hash, three yards from the top of the numbers, two yards at the bottom. Like they have all of these things running through their minds. So it's impossible for them to actually play with confidence because they don't know what they're doing yet. And then you have this future Hall of Famer quarterback who's used to not having to worry about that, being able to give Devontae Adams the slightest of signals and him getting it and understanding it and executing it, I knew this was coming. And it's only going to get worse. Because wait till they start dropping these balls in the game. You remember that game against San Francisco, the first preseason game? What happened when they got in the red zone? The wide right receivers, ball hit them right between the numbers, bounces up in the air, and that's what Jordan Love at quarterback. <laughs> wait till that starts happening to Aaron Rodgers in the regular season. And think about what those post-game press conferences are going to be like. I would not be surprised if the Packers make a move. If Emmanuel Sanders, who I think is available, or Odell Beckham, even though he's still not fully I would not be shocked if they make a move, if for nothing else, just to pacify Rodgers. Because he has to be extremely frustrated to the point. And see, this is where his pettiness will hinder Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. 
Instead of just understanding they're young and giving them opportunity after opportunity, you know what he'll do in 707? He'll throw the check down every one of his reps. I did see there. He's just petty like that. I did see a couple uh, nuggets today. Romeo Dubs made another uh, another play. By the way, the Romeo Dubs Rookie of the Year market has gotten out of control. Yeah. DraftKings, as you see on the screen right there, fourteen to one. BetMGM earlier today was eighteen to one. It's down to fifteen to one. Westgate and Circa are both sitting at ten to one on. Romeo Dub. And the guy that I think should have the lowest odds is not even on that list, and that's George Pickens. Well, he's, his odds have completely yeah, shrunk, Yeah, but too. based on what we've seen in actual real games right now, he's George... He's 10-1. to 1. Right, yeah, okay. George Pickens looks like the one. If you're going to go rookie receiver, he looks like the special one. Like here, see, here's the thing, Tim, with receivers. It doesn't take you long to figure out, okay, if what they did in college translates to what they did, what they can do in the NFL. And I'm talking about the big-time ones. Like, there are always going to be guys that develop slowly to turn into really productive, you know, wide receivers. But the special ones, I mean, you see it right off the bat. And Pickens looks special. He does. And, you know, just remember kind of the, uh, the MO on George Pickens. He was just hurt, yeah. right? He's, he's, hurt and off the field issues. He had some immaturity. Nothing like felony wise, but, you know, missing class, you know, different stuff like that that kept him. Kind of not in Kirby Smart's doghouse because his talent wouldn't allow it. Kirby's not dumb. He's going to play the best players. But he never really was, you know, one of Kirby's favorites because he always, it was always something. Whether it be late for your tutor session, missing your tutor session, missing not going to dinner and checking in, like all, all kind of stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he was a – I think we bet the over on his receiving yards in the national championship, and he had a, a big catch early in that game. I don't think he did much other than that. But he showed it uh, at times last year, and – he showed it in game one. Uh, he was as high as 30-1 to one heading into that preseason game. I took a little bit. I should have taken more. And now he's, you know, depending on where you look, I think I saw as low as 7-1 to one at some spots. You know who looked really special? Limited action. Didn't do anything that would make someone jump off the page if they didn't watch the game. It was Kenneth Walker. He's a guy that I've, Kenneth I've Walker, talked about him a little bit. He looked explosive. He looked athletic. His change of direction was on point, and I was thinking to myself, talk yourself into him getting enough carries. Like The only thing I don't trust about them is, is Geno Smith is super talented. I know we're going to kind of get into that uh, in a little bit, but he just hadn't played with a lot of confidence you know, in the NFL portion of his career. So, But Kenneth Walker looked the part. Like, he looked like he belonged, like he had the ability to be elite. My, only, my biggest worry, and I actually did make a long, a long shot uh, rookie of the year bet. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Um, but for me, yeah, Kenneth Walker is intriguing. We talked about him, you know, a couple weeks ago. I forget who, when we were doing the, the preview of the Seahawks, that my worry is twofold with that. I, I don't disagree. I, I think I would like a little bit longer odds. Rashad Penny can never stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks aren't going to be very good. So is he going to be able to run enough? Sean. Yeah, that's, I, I just think that's who uh, Pete Carroll is. Right. So, and then you look. If they ran the ball with Russell Wilson at quarterback, they're definitely going to run the ball with Geno Smith or Drew Locke at quarterback. I just think they're going to be really bad. And they're going to be down. Might be throwing. And their offensive line is, is a work in progress. You know, Charles Cross steps in. I thought it was a good. And, and I wasn't really talking about situations yeah. as much as I was talking about oh, those I, are the guys that yeah. kind of I saw something special in, in the initial exposure that they had to NFL caliber yeah. competition. And I think Kenneth Walker, from what we saw at Michigan State, 
he's he's an instant type of impact type of player. And with that with that roster and with the talent, I mean, you know, once again, Rashad Penning just never can stay healthy. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, to me, that that certainly is a guy that I think should be the starter uh, at some point for Seattle this year. Um, speaking of which, uh, I think it was. Uh, Said that Drew Locke just tested positive for for COVID, so yeah, he will out Thursday. he will not play Thursday night. Uh, but you know it was interesting to so we had this. He was about to get the start, but also when you look at, um, I think Pete Carroll said that it was Geno Smith's Dan Orlovsky job to went lose. to camp and said uh, Geno threw the ball as well as he's seen anybody throw it in a long time. And Geno's talented, like the physical traits are there. I just feel like in a lot of it, like when you get ex- the exposure he got, what was he, the Jets mm-hmm. initially? Yeah, second round and pick by the Jets. you're criticized and ridiculed. Like, man, it's, it takes a strong person, you know, to, to stay confident in your own self, you know, under those kind of circumstances. So I think that kind of was a real burden on Geno, you know. But if he gets back to that confidence he had at West Virginia and starts playing with that kind of swag, the ability's there. Pete Carroll said uh, today – about the quarterback competition. I don't even have to say that when asked who's leading the competition. Geno's still the number one guy. He's holding that spot at this point. So I really like what Drew has shown us. You know, you look at his passer rating and some of the stuff that he did. He did a great job. So both of our guys can play. That's what we know. They both can play. But it feels like certainly. Didn't Pete say he took Drew number one in this past draft? Come on, Pete. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Talk some college football (laughs) with Brad Powers coming up bottom of the hour. Stick around here on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon. Now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Alongside Sean King, former Tulane Green Wave great, I am Tim Murray, and week zero of the college football season, less than two weeks away, Sean. I uh, wouldn't say loaded slate, but yeah, we got some games. we got some games to bet on, and uh, no better person to talk about it. A gentleman who has been firing away on futures, on game of the year bets, on week zero, week one games, is Brad Powers, and he joins us right now at Brad Powers 7 on Twitter. Uh, Brad I saw a lot of people um, taking a look at the AP poll and you know the exercise of who will finish inside the top 10 that was unranked and who will finish outside of the top 25 that was in the top 10. So when you looked at the AP poll that was released, and I know the AP poll to you really shows you nothing because you are all about your own personal power rating. So is there a team in the top 10 that you think is maybe fade-worthy? And is there a team outside the top 25 that you're going to be betting on quite a bit. 
Yeah, so, I mean, generally speaking, uh, Notre Dame uh, at number five, I, I would think that would be an absolutely fantastic season if they finish there. I don't expect that. In fact, I don't even expect Notre Dame to finish in the top ten. I just think the schedule is too tough. I mean, <laughs> number one, uh, they open with number two, Ohio State. <laughs> number two, they open up with number four, or they play Clemson later in the season. And then on top of it, you play USC, you play BYU. So, you know, I bet Notre Dame season wins total under nine. So if they're eight and four, uh, they're a borderline top 25 team in the AP poll, uh, no matter how high I have them in my power ratings. A team that's not in the top 25 that probably should be, there's probably three of them, uh, but I'll go with Tennessee as the most underrated. I mean, heck, they're almost a borderline top 10 team in my power ratings. I bet Tennessee over their win total. Even if you can still find a seven and a half with some heavy juice out there, I think that's worth it. I think they're at minimum an eight win team. I bet Hennon Hooker to win the Heisman long shot. Heck, I even bet Tennessee long shot 100 to one to win the SEC. So I am pretty high on the Volunteers this year, a team that's not ranked in the top 25. Talk once again to our good friend uh, Brad Powers. Uh, yeah, Tennessee. There's there's been a lot of buzz uh, there in in the SEC for them. Um, you know, looking at a handful of SEC teams: Kentucky, Arkansas, Ole Miss, all in the top twenty-five. Um, who, who are you high on of those three? Is there a team of the three that that you like the most? Uh, whether it be a season win total or or someone to uh, to back uh, early on in the season. Right now at the current prices, none of the above. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I have bet Arkansas over their win total, and I have bet Ole Miss over their win total. Just the, the juice is too much now on Ole Miss. Arkansas, it was just an outlier number at 6.5. I think they're a 7-win team. I actually bet Kentucky under their season win total. I found under 8.5. I'm you know, I'm against Arkansas in week one. I think the spread's a little too high for the Cincinnati game. People are overreacting to what Cincinnati lost. Uh, Kentucky... Uh, for me, just lost too much at the line of scrimmage. They lost their offensive line coach, and everybody's just looking at the returning quarterback, Will Levis, and the returning running back. They only returned 10 starters. Then Ole Miss, I mean, total roster turnover. Lose your offense and defensive coordinators. And then Lane Kiffin, historically, as a head coach, has not handled high expectations too well coming into a season. So I think all three are kind of teams I want to bet against early on in the season. You know, it was interesting with Tennessee because uh, I actually have Kentucky winning the East. I just think. Oh my goodness! I just. What think, do you want for that? You want? I'll give you a hundred to one right now. <laughs> yeah, you could be right. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to take Brad's money. We need Brad to continue to come on the show. But my reasoning behind it was, and I'd be interested to get your. It's role. all right, Brad. I got a, I got a personal bet on him. I, I get I get Georgia. He gets the field, and I think I I feel, I'm pretty confident in my uh, the pricing he gave me. I'm so cool under yeah, pressure. I, think you know, I remember right. sitting here last year and I told Brad Clemson was going to lose three games. He, he said, and he offered me 101 odds and you laughed just like you did then. So I'm just saying, I might actually know what I'm talking about some of these times. So the reason that I chose Kentucky over Tennessee was how much do you factor into the experience Stoops has of being in the SEC for an extended period as opposed to Hypo at Tennessee, who's still relatively new? You know, they have now a year of film on Hypo, what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. Tennessee did lose some weapons on offense. Did that factor in at all into you kind of being higher on Tennessee than Kentucky? So that's an excellent point. Uh, You know, Mark Stoops has been consistent. I mean, a consistent overachiever. Hypo, at least coming into last year, I wasn't very high on him. I didn't think he did that great of a job at UCF. You're right. 
you know, maybe his offensive system caught a lot of teams off guard, Kentucky being one of them. I mean, Tennessee put up 45 in Lexington last year and beat Kentucky. So, I mean, that is a concern. I just think Tennessee's got better personnel. I like the returning quarterback. I don't, I, I look, I know everyone looks at skill position for a lot of teams. Will Levis is there, but I mean, a lot that isn't there is at both the offense and defensive line for Kentucky. So that's, you know, where they made kind of their hay here, that they played better than expected defense. They've been able to run the football. I question that this year with the roster turnover. So that's why I'm a little higher on Tennessee than Kentucky. That'll be interesting because I think Rodriguez, is, from a talent standpoint, is a, an elite running back. We'll see, you know, what, what Stoops able to, to fill some of those gaps, you know, with the departure of some really good players. Having said that, talk to me about Sam Pittman in Arkansas. And, like, I have teams like Arkansas in this bubble. And the teams in this bubble are teams that are depending on five-plus transfers to come in and play significant roles, like either starters or rotational starters, and they're expecting it to work. Like my only concern with Arkansas is they got about seven guys that they had in the, that they uh, got in the transfer portal that are going to really have to acclimate extremely fast for Arkansas to build upon what they did last year. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Sam Pittman. I think he's done an unbelievable job there. I mean, keep in mind, this was a program that was – in that he inherited that was losing to the likes of San Jose State, Western Kentucky, North Texas, Colorado State. I mean, these are all losses outright that they had prior to him inheriting the job just two years ago. They won nine games a year ago. They returned their quarterback, K.J. Jefferson. They got stability at the offense and defensive coordinators, who I, both I really like. I'm surprised he's been able to hold on to those two guys. With that being said, you're right. There's a lot of roster turnover for a team that hasn't recruited as well as a lot of the other teams in the SEC West. As big of a fan as I am of K.J. Jefferson, the quarterback, they have to replace a, a guy by the name of Traylon Burks who went in the first round of the NFL draft, and they're not growing on trees there as far as outstanding wide receivers in Arkansas. A couple of transfers come in. We'll see. The transfer I do like is on the defensive side of the ball, Drew Sanders from Alabama. I think he could be an All-American-type candidate, so I do think he has an instant impact. But when you add it all up, even though I think Arkansas is a clear-cut top 25 team, the problem I have with Arkansas this year is they play the toughest schedule in the country. I mean, Cincinnati, BYU, I mean, non-conference is nothing to sneeze at. You're playing in the SEC West, and, uh, I mean, it's just not, not an easy game, hardly any easy games on their schedule. So I think they're lucky to win seven games this year. Yeah, that BYU game, middle of the season, is just – Well, BYU's some, losing to South Florida in the opener. Some, so. Someone should get fired for uh, <laughs> Someone should get fired for So go ahead and jump on that, Brad. Yeah, yeah. He won't. But uh, The yeah. Jerry Bohannon Show. Remember this name, Xavier Weaver. Well, in the years, one of the top right, receivers in college football. USF wins that game. Okay. 50-plus starts, three of those starting five offensive linemen. You know who brings back the most production in the entire country? Yeah. Well, they always do because their average age is 26. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Brad, looking at uh, looking at week zero, who do you as uh, is there any dog that you think is uh, is barking uh, in week zero? Uh, <laughs> well, you're gonna have to cl- you put the clothespin on the nose because I, I if we're talking pure point spread value, I would I'll take Connecticut plus twenty seven and a half. That's gonna be tough, but uh, I, I would lean that way. I'm going to wait on Northwestern. I think the public's going to want to bet Nebraska. We'll see if that line can get a little bit better for us, but I'll probably bet Northwestern. I haven't yet. Uh, I'll take the hook with Charlotte against Florida Atlantic. Uh, I'm not a big Willie Taggart fan, so give me plus seven and a half there. One that's moved a touchdown already, New Mexico State's been getting a ton of points. A big-time faith city, Nevada. So 
I think New Mexico State's actually live outright in that game, uh, even at night uh, as a nine-point home underdog. See, yeah, that's a shame. See, that's you, a shame. You and Sean. What Norvell did to that roster. <laughs> that was a, it was a massive. <laughs> well, yeah, he took the majority of the good players with him to CSU. Like, that's a shame. Exodus there from uh, from Nevada. Hey, Brad, we got thirty seconds. Uh, a lot of buzz about Air Force. Uh, how high are you on the Falcons this year? Yeah, super high on Air Force. So typically, service academies don't return a lot of production. They do, in, including the quarterback. I bet over seven and a half wins. I bet over eight wins. I would even lean over eight and a half wins. I think they're a nine, ten win caliber team this year. Wouldn't be a bit surprised to win the Mountain West. He is Brad Powers at Brad Powers Seven. Always, uh, always great to uh, chat with you, Brad. And I'm sure you'll uh, be a frequent uh, visitor as the college football season ramps up. Look forward to it, guys. Take care. Enjoy your night. There he is, Brad Powers, a team that we did not hit on. The LSU Bayou Bengals, one of the most intriguing teams in the country. We will take a look at the new faces down in Baton Rouge next. Regular season football. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is the Nightcap here on VSIN. We preview the Tennessee Titans summer conditioning, what to expect. From the Titans, no more A.J. Brown as a member of that squad. So we'll talk to Paul Kaharski coming up top of the hour. Get his thoughts on the reigning AFC South champion, 
Tennessee Titans. Uh, always great to talk to Brad Powers. Uh, some leans and uh, agreed with you. And I, I agreed too. Uh, New Mexico State maybe live in that week zero game. I'm against starting Nevada. to get afraid of that game. Line has moved. Well, uh, right. Bunch. Like I wouldn't be afraid of if I got it. Was it 14 and open at 13 and a half or something? Uh, yeah. Now it's down to nine and everybody's on it. I mean, DraftKings opened it up at 17 and a half. Yeah. And it's down to it's nine. So for a touchdown. <laughs> and it could still be right. It's just generally when. It's a lot of movement. Yeah. It's a lot. A lot I told you, I think it'll movement. be a pick them by the time the game actually kicks off. I don't know if we'll get that far. I could see it getting under a touchdown. Can you find money line anywhere here in town? Yeah, right here at Traf- mm-hmm. uh, at Circa, plus 275. Yeah, I, That's what I'd play right now. Because I, I think this will, end up, this will end up under a field goal. Here at Circa and uh, at DraftKings, under, uh, all at plus 275. So uh, we got, what, s- seven games, seven FBS versus FBS games. I think there's a couple of FCS games, Duquesne and Florida State. New Mexico State's last year's independent, too. I think they're going to Conference USA next year. Is that what they are? Yeah. Oh, nice. Kind of a, it's been a weird situation for them to be an independent. Like, in what, like, college football world does New Mexico and New Mexico State not end up in the same conference? Like, that's crazy. Come on, Aggies and Lobos. They had some of those great battles. Against UConn and UMass, all, right, all those, nice. all those going to be gone. So um, Brad is high on Tennessee. He is, and I'm not necessarily down on Tennessee. I'm taking a, a, a wait and see approach. I just think coming off of COVID, kind of people not really knowing Hypel and you know, because Arkansas is running the same system with, with uh, Kendall Browse, mm-hmm. so they kind of got some of the same advantages. I'm interested to see this year what adjustments are made. I felt like Tennessee kind of flew under the radar last year. I don't think they're they're gonna fly under the radar this year. Yeah. They got an easy schedule. You know, I know a lot I mean, of people are high on Pittsburgh. I just don't dog. see Pittsburgh replacing Kenny Pickett and Jordan Adelson and they had they lost like three or four guys on defense. Would never say that anyone in the SEC has an easy schedule, especially Tennessee always has the crossover with Alabama. Well when I talk SEC schedule, I'm only talking non conference. So they play well, their non-conference is Ball State, Akron, UT Martin, and Pitt. So if I'm gonna take a win it's total, manageable. yeah, like that's what I look at. I mean, they're they're a dog on the road at Pittsburgh, but any road game in the SEC outside of Vanderbilt is losable, for sure. And I think South Carolina is a team that was very active in the portal. Uh, they bring in Spencer Rattler, a couple other uh, big name transfers, Shane Beamer. Uh, energy seems to be high uh, on the Gamecocks program right now, so that's not an easy victory. I will say on this: the road. now, granted, it was pre the decision to go to Hendon Hooker. I think they were still playing the, the Michigan transfer, but Bowling Green had Tennessee on the ropes last year, early in the year, and then they lost to Georgia State. Kobe. I mean, so it's not like this completely different roster. But I just I pump my brakes a little bit on the Vols. Well, I want to get to uh, yesterday we started this. Uh, I want to do the 10 most interesting teams heading into the year. Tennessee is an interesting team, but I think the team that most people are curious about in the SEC this year is what to expect from LSU. So Ed Orgeron is out. Brian Kelly is in. Uh, you look at DraftKings right now. Money has come in on the under, so the hook is gone Set seven right now in the over-under. Uh, conference wins at South Point is sitting at three. 
Uh, they have a non-conference tilt week one, Sean, against Florida State. You see the conference wins at DraftKings actually at three and a half. So uh, if you like the over, you can get that three here in town at South Point. Uh, really good wide receivers. We Tayshaun. have one really good wide receiver. Well, and there's some other talented guys. Boutique's the only one that's really like done it, done it. Well, I know you you know chastised me and yelled at me about Phil Steele's magazine. Well, he rates them as having the top wide receiver group in the conference. Based on where they were coming out of high school? Because it's definitely not based on what they've already done in college. I'm just Yeah, I know. I'm just a news reporter. I'm reporting the news. Um, but yes, they have Kayshawn Booty and He's uh, elite. And they have coming off an injury though. What was his injury? Uh not sure. Yeah, but he's elite. If he's healthy. They got a really good defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, Always will have that. And they brought in uh, Missouri transfer, who was you know, first-team all-SEC freshman last year to add depth. So I think when you look at LSU, their strengths are wide receivers and defensive lines. Defensive line. ton of questions on the O-line. They're going to be starting a true freshman at left tackle. Now he's a highly, you know, uh, highly touted recruit coming out of uh, the state of Louisiana, Will Campbell. Uh, some I think some of the uh, different recruiting services had him as high as a five star, but man, you're starting a left tackle in the SEC as a true freshman. He may be a baller, but that is uh, that's that's tricky. There's a bunch of transfers on that offensive line, so that's going to be a challenge up front. Quarterback. We know that Miles Brennan has retired. Jaden Daniels, Grant Nussmeyer, or Garrett Nussmeyer. Showed some flashes. There's some excitement there. I can't imagine that Walker Howard, the the freshman, is going to get any run this year. So this is a team that went heavy in the portal, but also lost a lot in the portal. Lost Eli Ricks, lost Max Johnson. I think in totality, Sean, lost 30 players, but brought in, you know, I think almost 20 players from the portal, brought in Noah Kane uh, to add to the running back room. A lot of questions, in my opinion, in that running back room with John Emery, who was a big-time recruit once upon a time. Noah Kane comes in from Penn State. Uh, as mentioned, they bring in Jaden Daniels. A lot of their secondary is via transfer. So, Which is amazing because that's one place LSU's always had elite talent and elite depth. So what, are your, what do you expect from LSU this year? Brian Kelly comes in, the guy that has not lost a game when he was at Notre Dame as a favorite since the regular season finale in 2017. (laughs) So he finds ways to win games that he's supposed to win. Now, Notre Dame was a favorite in all but one or two games. They were dogged to Wisconsin last year. They won that game, dogged to Cincinnati, lost that game. I think they were a favorite or maybe a short underdog in in the majority of the rest of the schedule last year, and they went 11-1, and Um, you know, they played Georgia close in the regular season a couple times, lost both of those games, right? So the M.O. on him was he can never find ways to, to get his team over the top, but the floor seems stable with a guy like Brian Kelly coming in uh, to take over. What are your expectations for LSU in year one? Do they, Sean, as a slight favorite, win week one against Florida State? I think that depends on Jordan Travis, who's the quarterback at Florida State. I mm-hmm. mean, if he has one of his better games, I think Florida State wins. You know, I just – I don't know how – you know, Jaden Daniels has been in the Pac-12. No one thinks of the put-in-12 conference as having elite defenses. Maybe Utah 
shows up every now and then with an elite defense. Oregon may have some elite pieces, but nobody really views them as an elite overall defense and everybody else. I mean, goodness gracious. You know, Washington may have some pieces, but for the most part, that's not a defense-centric conference. And yet he just was a middle-of-the-road quarterback in the Pac-12. So now he's going to come to the SEC where it just means more. Mm -hmm. Like, they got real dudes on that defense side of the ball and, and excel. I don't see it, and I don't think in today's game you can hide your quarterback. As you mentioned, they're, they're trying to fill some spots, you know, at the running back spot, at the O-line spot. Secondary is not what it usually is as far as, like, known commodities. And then for Brian Kelly, I mean, Tim – this is an experiment for he's never dealt with this kind of athlete. You're talking about a guy, what was it, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame? I mean, now you're in the heart of the South, in the middle of the SEC at a school that won a national championship two years ago with a bunch of question marks and a personality that's so opposite from Ed Ogeron. I mean, if him and Ed Ogeron walked in a room, they, you couldn't find two guys that are more opposite. So my question for Brian Kelly is, can he handle when this thing goes bad? Because you're not going to be able to censor the media. You're not going to be able to dictate, you know, how the questions are asked and how you respond. And Notre Dame is such a different program than where he's at now. It's just, I, I don't know how this is going to go. I, to answer your question, I don't have a real strong opinion. I do have my, uh, my, my, my thing of popcorn. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch it unfold. I'm hoping it goes well because I do have some friends that are on that staff, but I'm just going to sit back and watch. I mean, I don't think there's a more interesting potential fit than Brian Kelly in the heart of Swamp America, down in the bayou. After their bye, they finish the season. Alabama at Arkansas, UAB at Texas A&M. It's going to be interesting to watch. Buckle up, Mr. Kelly. It's going to be a long season. It's a nightcap. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.